The Pat Kenny Show on News Talk with Matter Private Network, Rapid Access Cardiology Clinic, Cherrywood. Your heart is your priority. Cardiac appointments within 24 hours. Now, good morning, Professor Luke O'Neill, Professor of Biochemistry at Trinity College in Dublin. Uh, good to see you, Luke. Good to see you too, Pat. Now, um, a variant-proof vaccine, the quest for. That's the dream. This is now the moonshot, they're calling it in a way, Pat, in the US or all over this. Can we make a vaccine that will work against any variant of COVID-19 and indeed any in animals that might jump again in the next pandemic than they're thinking of there, you know? And it's a massive effort in the US happening at the moment to try, try and make what's called a universal vaccine. And it's, a, it's a great goal to have, isn't it, in many ways? Yeah. Now, the... You have the little virus and then you have this uh, spike protein. So explain to me what the challenge is, because obviously things change every time they divide. You may get another variant. You may. And Omicron has a huge number of changes in the spike. It's, it's evolved, if you will, to have all these different changes. And of course, that can dodge the immune system because the antibodies are to the spike. So Omicron has this massive variety of changes, basically. And then you see increased infections with Omicron as a result. You know, But the question is, can you find a piece of the spike that doesn't change? And lo and behold, a place called the RBD, or receptor binding domain, it's common to all coronaviruses and now that's the one they're, they're focusing in in a very clever way and, and the lead candidates are against this cons- it's called a conserved part against all coronaviruses. Now this RBD um, the virus obviously is mutating to survive that's why it does what it does but the RBD if it mucked about with that would it die would it be committing suicide well RBD stands for receptor binding domain classic biochemistry phrase and this is where the spike latches onto our cells you see it's the piece of the spike that sticks into your cells if you like if that changes it can't stick in anymore can it and that's why it's conserved and what I've done is they've compared uh, the RBD in all the current coronaviruses in humans SARS and MERS and SARS-CoV-2 and several bat ones as well by the way that are yet yet to jump might be the, and, and yeah. this RBD is conserved so again they've taken that RBD part now so that's the to focus on other vaccines Pfizer will have a vaccine that has part of the RBD in it but other bits as well based if you just take the RBD that's where the hope lies that you might get the universal vaccine Now they are uh, all working on an Omicron specific uh, vaccine but I mean Omicron may not be the problem by the time it goes into mass production Yeah Pfizer and Moderna have said they're ready to go with an Omicron specific vaccine and their, their goal is in the autumn we might use that now as like in, like in the flu where the, the, yeah. the current variants used the trouble is you're right but it's evolving so fast it could be too late let's say we move on past Omicron and the next variant comes along and their vaccine of course remember the vaccines are still stopping severe disease very importantly remember yeah. anyway but of course the ideal would be to get a vaccine that will work optimally against against any new variant as well. So um, various uh, people are working on this, but um, the US Defence Forces Can are you believe it? On. Yeah, I know. Very clever. The US Army, people don't realise, but have a massive research institute. It's called the Walter Reed, uh, Walter Reed. And I've been there a couple of times. It's a huge research institute for, for studying diseases that afflict soldiers and various things. They've been making vaccines for a long time. And they published a paper saying they may have the universal vaccine. It's incredible. But they've, they've taken the RBD, that, that bit again yep. that's conserved and they've stuck on, I think, on a nanoparticle a tiny, tiny particle, made of, made of a thing called ferritin, stood it with all these RBDs right, loads yep. of RBDs basically went into monkeys and amazingly it protects against SARS, the original virus SARS-CoV-2, Alpha, Beta Delta, Omicron, right? Mm-hmm. MERS. All of them. 
all of them, yeah, protected against all of those in the monkeys. Now, again, that's a tremendous result. Uh, they're in the middle of a phase one trial in humans. They're saying any day now, actually, we'll have this. It's a bit like it was when the, when the vaccines were first out. We're going to get the data from that phase one trial soon. That's very, very hopeful, Pat, that that, that US Army-derived vaccine could well be the first universal vaccine against COVID-19. So normally with the phase one, you're talking about safety, that it doesn't kill people. Yeah. Right. Then your phase two is efficacy, is it? That's right. Yeah. But even instead of phase one, they'll measure antibodies, they'll measure T cells and see how strong the immune system is. And that that phase one data is about to be launched. Uh, the monkey data showed a huge antibody response, huge T cell response. No, but you're right. The phase one isn't for efficacy. Phase two is you give people the vaccine and see who gets infected and who doesn't. But of course, you can predict this should be a very powerful vaccine. You'd be very confident that phase two should give great results. Now, one of the questions, and we know that J&J had this issue compared to Moderna and Pfizer and AstraZeneca is the dosing. I mean, do you give a big wallop as J&J did first or do you give a smaller wallop and then a second dose, which was the the, the protocol for Pfizer and Moderna? It's, it's a bit empirical. You, it's a suck it and see job. In, okay. in, in that protocol, there's a 28 day gap between the first and second dose and the monkeys. And that could be used in humans and they kind of give it a go. You do need a reasonable gap, of course, because the immune system is woken up with the first shot and then fully activated with the second. Looks to me like there'll be a 28 day gap if this ever makes it is the idea here. And then remember, Pat, what, what they're also predicting is remarkable. Five years protection. Imagine that. So what wow. you have now is a single shot or the two shots rather five years protection is the dream and what I like Pat is this is the goal now they've they've clearly identified what the goal of vaccination is is to give five years protection from one course of a vaccine against any coronavirus that's the mission Now what that means if you can vaccinate globally and you know you wonder what the attitude of the anti-vaxxers will be if suddenly you won't catch anything for five years but if you globally vaccinated with a five year vaccine this thing would die out because where would it go? Where would it lie? Where would it lie and wait for us? That's the second part of the dream but in some ways. So smallpox was eliminated completely remember with vaccination. So was polio has almost gone through vaccination. There's such activity around this you can even be more optimistic and say eventually we'll kill this virus off entirely. Wouldn't that be the ultimate dream in a way? And then very importantly remember there are hundreds of coronaviruses in bats. What's the chance of one of them jumping into us? Now, that would be a terrifying prospect. Mm. Back to square one, then SARS-CoV-3, say, comes along. These universal vaccines are being made to protect against any pandemic in the future. So you never know. Again, we might be overly optimistic, but the ultimate goal is to get rid of all coronaviruses that afflict humans, really. Now, you say the first axiom of infectious disease is never underestimate your pathogen. And did we do that with uh, SARS-CoV-2? I mean, has it turned out to be far more variable and uh, agile than it was thought at the beginning. We were all very surprised. We never thought there'd be so many variants. And you may remember when you and I spoke about this probably two years ago, flu is more variable because it makes more errors as it it replicates. This has a correcting mechanism. It's able to correct errors. And yet that wasn't good enough. We we see a huge, a deluge of variants have cropped up really. We didn't expect that. Not quite clear why, by the way. We're still studying coronaviruses, but certainly it's a bit of a surprise to us all that so many variants emerging so frequently. So uh, while we're waiting for this to to come about and we're hoping that the US Army is on the right track, but there are others, of course, because this this race will be very interesting and whoever wins the race it's make, a huge race makes a fortune it's a huge race and the US government are putting millions in it is like the moonshot honest to God yeah. because it is a very difficult thing this isn't trivial by the way it is like you know we're doing it because remember at JFK so we go to the moon because it's difficult we're doing this it because difficult. we're not doing because it's easy we're yeah. doing it because yeah. it's hard and yet the prize is massive you know yeah. now what's the difference between what they're doing and what Valneva were trying to do so Valneva have the hold and activated virus you see and that's that's the whole thing and that could work as well that will, that will have the RBD in it too remember so so that, that's one thing that the 
Valneva may be it. Novavax have the whole protein that will have the RBD as well. What the army have done is loads of copies of the RBD, like thousands of them on these little particles. And we know what we call the antigen dose is very important. The more antigen you have, the stronger response you get. The army may have cracked it. They've made a particle full of RBD, basically, and that may be the one that'll trigger. But you're right, we're watching Valneva closely. That, that could turn out to be another one that'll be universal. Yeah. And, and that is in testing at the moment. So, so that could be on the market relatively soon. Yeah, that's the next thing, the timelines for this. Very optimistically, the autumn for things like Valneva. But the US Army this morning, I said, they're pushing really hard on this. Now, remember, Pat, we were all amazed. It took nine months to get the first vaccine. When people have a will to do it, and, and the, every shoulder is put to the wheel, you can do these things much more quickly. And the Army now are going like the clappers. Because can you imagine if in October it works? This vaccine will take over the world's vaccination campaign, really. Now, the antivirals, of course, are, are also another weapon in the arsenal. And uh, the idea would be... Uh, if you're vulnerable, for example, and the vaccines haven't worked for you, or even if you're not, and you think you're coming down with COVID, you get tested. Yes, I have it. You nip into the pharmacy, you get the antiviral, you go home, you isolate yourself, and in four or five days, you've cleared it, off you go. Yeah. I mean, is there any likelihood that that approach might trump the vaccine approach? It's, it's a stepwise approach. Paxlovid is the key one, as you know, and that decreases hospitalisation hugely. But the trouble is it interacts with other drugs, that's this drug interactions. We're still learning about Paxlovid. It it is approved for people that's at risk of severe disease. It's a risk we're taking because they are at risk of getting really sick, you see. We're still learning about Paxlovid. Again, the goal there would be to show it is very safe. In that situation, anybody could use could go and get it in their pharmacy and take it if they, if they start having symptoms. Now, a question uh, for Luke. As the consequence of infection reduces, at what stage does the isolation period cause more issues than the infection, i.e. healthcare, understaffed, etc.? At what stage do we just treat it like flu? I'm not a denier. I fully support most of the rules etc but things change are we getting to to a point where you know telling people uh, if you have a sniffle just wear a mask and go into work we are yeah very important this is so disruptive isn't it so many people are set out of work and out of school and so on they're shortening that time all the time because they realise the infectious period might be two or three days instead of five or six so you can shorten it it's a bit of a work in progress really but the goal would be eventually yeah two or three days isolation but is it still the case if you're showing up positive on your antigen test you are potentially infectious exactly yeah if you're positive and you have symptoms stay home that's the advice still for the moment yeah. you see so now if you're positive and you've no symptoms you, you can go out is the current view in, in several countries you know it hasn't been said explicitly here yet but that's reasonable because it's mainly symptomatic spread remember so if you've no symptoms you might have a tiny line on your on your test you should be able to go and wear a mask by the way still take a few precautions because yeah. you might be infectious you know but we can't have people's lives being disrupted forever through this can we so the idea is if you're not particularly sick at all you're not sniffling you're not coughing you may have that faint rhino, line on your yeah. action test you can Go out there, but do wear a mask. Do wear a mask, yeah, just in case, because there is asymptomatic spread. It's a lot less. Maybe one in five spreads are from someone with no symptoms. That's still there, you yeah. see. But wearing a mask will hopefully stop you. And then be careful in crowded spaces and so on if, if, you're, if you're positive on the antigen. Uh, another one, and we've dealt with this, but I'll, I'll throw it out again. Aidan in Carrigaline says, could this universal vaccine finally kill off the common cold? It could, yeah. Well, one in five colds are caused by coronaviruses, first of all. So what are the other four? Adeno, they're called Adeno, but different family. They're called adenoviruses, separate family entirely you know they can still cause the same symptoms you know so one in five are caused by coronavirus. so the common cold will not die even if we come up no, with this universe one in five will die but four and five will still be there <laughs> all right luke o'neill professor of biochemistry at trinity college in dublin uh, thank you very much for joining us 